it is my favorite day of the week a little rock a little roll a little chamomile that's what we need whatever has chamomile i'm a chamomile guy all right i'm, I'm getting i'm getting tea bags thrown in my way here english breakfast toucan tuscan herb. yeah sure whatever it takes yeah thank you the lovely michelle stepping in thank you very much <laughs> love the service we get here Oh, yes. It is a Tuesday. We're rolling for you and plenty to hit on today as we recap the wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs and now look ahead to the divisional round. It took us three days, Saturday, Sunday, and two games on Monday. And now we are now done and we got plenty to rant and rave about today. Terrible Tuesday takes. That's coming your way. Chuck Esposito will join us a little bit later on next hour. We'll talk to Chuck regarding the NFL playoffs and winners, losers at the sportsbook, the divisional round coming up, and uh, we've got uh, the two number one seeds nearly double-digit favorites, so we'll dive into that uh, with Chuck. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will be joining us today. Plenty to talk to him about regarding the NBA, basketball, some controversy going on in the association. Not so much on the court, but we'll dive into that and hit some terrible Tuesday takes uh, regarding that. The seven-footer will join us for that portion as well, too. And then the very fine Hispanic voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, my friend Jesus Lopez, he will join us today. Always love having Jesus on. And uh, we'll talk a little VGK. They were victorious last night, getting a much-needed victory over the Nashville Predators last night, 4-1. to Mark Stone, the captain, gets a hat trick. So that's what's on tap today. Will he have a mask on during the interview? <laughs> we can ask him. We need to ask him yeah. this. That just needs to be a random thing all the yeah. time. Now. You like the mask. I like the mask. You saw the post today. I saw it, all. Yeah. Yeah. I told him I was going to post that today. He was like all excited. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, it's Bill's Mascaris. And those that are, you know, Lucha Libre fans or wrestling fans, you know, you know what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, once in a while, Jesus will do the broadcast. You know, you see him up there at T-Mobile Arena. He'll do the broadcast in the mask. He'll see that once in a while. All right. Yeah. So, so much to hit on today. Um, where do we go? Where do we start? Um, you're eating. This is the, fr- I, I rarely see you eat. I, I offer you food all the time. If you had this, you'd be under, you'd understand. What, what do you got? Go ahead, share. What do you got here? It looks like an old, you got some, it's bacon. I have some amazing bacon. Amazing bacon. Amazing bacon. I had bacon today. I know you did. I had bacon. You told me. I had a bacon-wrapped Freddy's hot dog. No, that's not on the menu. I know people are going to go to Freddy's, and they're going to want that to, to get that. But maybe if you ask nice, you can do that. Go to Eastern. Go see my man, Gio, the Eastern location there in Silverado Ranch, and say you want the TC Special Hot Dog. And what they'll do, 
They'll just throw anything random together because you've had so many special hot dogs <laughs> lately. The flash fry. The yeah, flash fry. You'll have the flash fry. Then it goes on the grill. The bacon. Wow. And, and here's the deal. When I had this today, I had no idea that the bacon was, was even on the hot dog until I got to my second to last bite. And you were like, oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't even like know it was there. It was a, a surprise and a shocker there. But man, that that snap and uh, I'm a big fan now of the the flash fry, not the deep fry, the flash fry hot dog and then grill it. Love the snap. Got the, the heat on it as well, too. Good stuff. All right. So we derail a little bit. Maybe not. People love talking about the food. We love that. All right. Uh, so, yes, the NFL playoffs, we witnessed what transpired um, last night over the weekend. We had some highs. We had some lows. But this is the perfect way to start a terrible Tuesday. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, so the wildcard weekend closes last night with one of the most disgusting games we have probably seen. Now, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, hey, glorious, fantastic. You win 32-9. to If you had the Eagles last night or you're just an Eagles fan, you're downright disgusted because this was a playoff game. We knew the Eagles were coming in to the postseason on a real low note. Losing five of the last six coming into this. Just downright atrocious. Well, the game starts last night. And the Buccaneers get the ball first. This game was lost on the very first two series. The two series of both teams. Let me explain. So the Buccaneers get the ball. They march right down the field. They were held to a field goal. Philadelphia gets the ball. And they get a quick first down. They get a nine-yard run by Swift. Looking pretty good there. Nice little pass. And then all of a sudden, they face a third and two. Now, they're having success running the ball. The last time they faced Tampa Bay, they ran the ball for 170 yards. In a third and two, Jalen Hurts goes back to pass and throws the ball 35 yards downfield on the right sideline incomplete. And I was like, what are you doing? You had the ball at the 44-yard line. Come on now. Just run the ball, get the first down. Because after watching that first series, the way Tampa Bay rolled down the field, you felt like Eagles going to be in trouble here. I mean, you're going to have to match them score for score. And they punt. And I'm losing it right now. I'm, I'm going, what are you doing? Punting. Just, just go for it. Go for it. You're midfield. Nail it. Move on. Because if you punt the football, you're going to be in trouble. Well, sure enough, they punted the football. And what happens? There goes Tampa Bay. Down the field, easily once again, and they get a touchdown. It's 10-0. You knew the game was over at that point in time. Philadelphia gets their second possession. What happens? Same thing. They get to a third and two, throw a pass, incomplete, and they punt. Tampa Bay gets the ball, marches right down the field again, 
Gets another field goal. It's 13-0. This game was over. This game was over literally midway through the first quarter. Let me tell you what Tampa Bay did with their drives in the first half. A 10-play drive for a score. 12-play drive for a score. 13-play drive for a score. Then they had a couple other five- and six-play drives. They had five possessions in the first half. It was over. Now we get to the second half, and Philly is only down by a touchdown. And you're thinking, well, they got a shot here. They get zero in the second half. They got progressively worse as the game went on. They scored the big Z. Nil, nine, Zippo, shut out. The defending NFC champs, who at one time were 10-1, and one, got zero in the second half. It was a dismal performance. It was downright embarrassing. They had no answers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were a 9-8 and eight football team going into last night's game. 9-8. and eight, Barely qualified for the playoffs in that pathetic NFC South division. The 24th ranked offense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The 32nd ranked rushing offense. Those are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that the Eagles looked horrible against. Yes, Philly is a horrible football team right now. They've lost six of their last seven games, including losses to the Giants, to the Cardinals, to the Seahawks, and of course last night to Tampa Bay. Both sides of the ball, dismal. Horrible. Giving up 27 points to the Giants, 35 to the Cardinals, 33 to the Cowboys, 42 to the Niners, and 32 last night to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. An atrocious embarrassment performance against an injured and inconsistent quarterback in Baker Mayfield. But Mayfield looked fantastic. So this is the time that we give credit to Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay was good last night. Yes, they were. Tampa Bay won six out of the last seven games. We'll give them credit because they played well and they were good last night. But this is a terrible Tuesday. Even though Tampa Bay was good, we have to talk about the terrible aspect, and that is Philadelphia. 0 for 9 on third downs last night were the Eagles. 0 for 2 on fourth down. Total of 276 yards. They had the ball for only 25 minutes of this football game. They deserve to lose. They were horrible. A team that probably shouldn't have made the playoffs, but they had a second life, even though they're going on the road, playing a team that they thoroughly dominated back in week three of this regular season, and they got whooped up and down the field. Now, another sad part of this was Jason Kelsey, the center, Travis Kelsey's brother. Jason Kelsey's played 13 seasons. He was so disgusted, you could see it on his face. They showed pictures of him on the sideline during the final minutes saying goodbye to his teammates because Jason Kelsey retired last night. He told his teammates privately, I'm done. This is it. Going to soak in this moment. But we've seen Kelsey on these one-year contracts, and we've seen him during the course of the season. When they were 10-1, and he was feeling pretty good. But the Philadelphia Eagles have driven him into retirement. And that's the truth because if they were playing better, he'd probably hang on for another year or two. Because this guy's great. He's loving the attention that he's getting. Loved being in the Super Bowl last year, even though he lost to his brother. But he loves the attention. Got the podcast going with his bro. Six Pro Bowls. He's the fifth center with as many Pro Bowls. All right? And all of those other centers, 
They're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Jason Kelsey will be too. So very sad because he's been miserable the last two months. And just like his team, started out 10-1, and closed the season losing 6 out of 7. His Eagles team was lifeless. They were argumentative with each other on the sideline. They had a porous defense. And yes, Philly, the biggest disappointment of this weekend. No question. The second biggest disappointment of this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, maybe it's a 1-1-A situation, but the Cowboys were pathetic. Green Bay puts up 48 points on the Dallas Cowboys. It happened, just like I predicted. Not so much that the Packers won, because I did not predict that. No, I thought the Cowboys would win the game. Yes, I did. But what I said on Friday is that I'm afraid of this game if I'm betting the Cowboys because Dak and McCarthy could come back to haunt all of those Dallas betters. And guess what? It happened. The Prescott factor came to life. The bad Dak. You got him. The pick six. Horrendous. The Dallas defense exposed. Playing a weak zone coverage. People want to talk about Dan Quinn. Let's throw him in there as well. McCarthy, Quinn, Prescott, all pathetic. And let's talk about Jordan Love. 16 for 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Looked great, didn't he? Everyone's talking about Jordan Love. Numchuck could complete those passes. Marco D'Angelo, who couldn't, doesn't even know where to drop back is in a flag football game, in a lingerie game, could, could, could complete a pass, but he probably could have completed a pass against that Cowboys secondary because they were playing this soft zone coverage. Dan Quinn, what are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> Before we start talking about Marco yeah. in lingerie yeah. Play, yeah. games, yeah. can he at least be wearing a hoodie that looks from like 1974? Yeah, it's his traditional normal wardrobe he's saying. Right, yeah. The point of the matter is you play man-to-man defense majority of your time. You play cover, tight man-to-man coverage, and you're taking care of those receivers a lot. No, you're passing off, and you're in this weak zone, and the Packers are exploiting it. What is that? What is that? Defense takes blame. Coaching takes blame. Quarterback takes blame. All bad football. And on your home field where you were 8-0, where you were destroying opponents, you give up 48 to the Packers? Packers aren't a top 10 defense, uh, offense. Are you kidding me? I ain't top 15. Made them look all world. Made them look Brett Favre-esque. That's what he made them look like. Antonio Freeman back in the day. Craziness. And Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott threw the ball 60 times. He completed 41 passes. He had 403 meaningless yards. He had three meaningless touchdowns. You know why those are meaningless? Because he had had two huge interceptions, including a pick six going the other way for the Packers. He got all this garbage yardage in the fourth quarter, and it was meaningless. They got drilled 48-32. to Now, the Dallas problems, they've been there in front of everyone's face, and they're probably going to continue as long as they keep Dak Prescott as your quarterback. And Mike McCarthy is your head coach. Now, we know Jerry Jones wasn't happy. He was turning his back. 
He didn't want to look at this game anymore. He wanted to talk to the media like he always does, and he said he wanted to take some time, but he wasn't happy. He wants to take his time and think about things. They're doing their exit interviews yesterday and today. McCarthy was doing those. He's still in the building. But what does this say about the Dallas Cowboys under the Jerry Jones regime? 13 straight playoff appearances without getting to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, it's hard to get the NFC Championship game. But when you have the talent that the Cowboys have, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you think that you could get there. 13 straight playoff appearances without getting to the NFC Championship. So who's to blame? Players? Coaches? What do they always say? Players play, coaches coach. Right? You hear that. From coaches, from players, they all say it. There's plenty of blame to go around here with the Cowboys. But it all starts at the top with Jerry Jones. That's where it starts. He has failed miserably in his coaching hires. Since Bill Parcells left in 2006, here's the coaches you've had. Wade Phillips, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Didn't have very good success. Jason Garrett. We know how that turned out. And then you go Mike McCarthy. Three coaches in 18 seasons, none have won anything of substance. Anything. You could pile up regular season wins, doesn't mean a darn thing. You want to go to the past? Sure, you had Barry Switzer in there, but before him, you know what else you had? Dave Campo and Chan Gailey. How about those two train wrecks? You're only as good as your head coach and your quarterback. And right now, the Dallas Cowboys do not have a good one in either spots. Sure, you're good enough to have Dak Prescott beat the lower echelon teams, but playoff time? No. What about Tony Romo? Tony Romo, remember? Couldn't win playoff games. Choked badly. But, you know, Cowboys fans wanted to get rid of him too. But they hung on to him too long. Wasn't any good. Dallas hasn't had a great quarterback since Troy Aikman. Really haven't. Roger Staubach. That's that. That's your Cowboys quarterback. That's the mural on the wall. That's the picture. Nothing even close to that for the Cowboys. Yes. For the past eight years, you've had a mediocre quarterback in Dak Prescott. Mediocre. I'm not going to say he's terrible. I'm going to say mediocre. In the past four years, you've had a mediocre head coach. Jerry Jones going to have some decisions to make. But this Cowboy organization, as you've seen it, unfold. It's the same old story over and over again, underachieve, especially when you come to the postseason. Peacock. Playoff. Update. You want that? All right. We talked all about it last week. Miami-Kansas City, the wild card game that was only available on a streaming service. That's right. Can't watch it on regular TV. Not even cable. Not even ESPN. Nope. NBC was begging people to purchase Peacock so they could watch the game. Now, after the Houston-Cleveland game, the first playoff game on Saturday, which was on NBC, they decided to do a nice little post-game show and then translate that into a pre-game show for the upcoming Chiefs-Dolphins game, which they could not broadcast because it was going to be on Peacock, their sister I'm not even going to call it a network, streaming service, right? So this was hilarious. Going all the way up to game time, you have got the NBC crew 
doing their regular pregame that you see for Sunday night football, and they're begging people to hang tight, but you can't watch it on this channel. You got to purchase Peacock so you can watch the game. So after that Houston game, all the way up to kickoff, they're running these these promos and begging you to purchase Peacock. And they're warning you, saying you're not going to watch it here. So what do you see on the screen? A giant QR code. The giant QR code in the left part of your screen. And they want you to order. Order now so you can watch the game. So you can be part of history in the making. What history? The negative history? That you're not able to watch a playoff game because it's the first time in the history of our time in television history that a NFL playoff game was not on broadcast television. Think about what I just said. In the history of television, the history of the NFL, since television rolled around in the 60s, 50s, right? Not on broadcast television, a playoff game. Oh, yeah, if you want to watch it, you have to pay $5.99 and get your peacock. Yes, holding NFL fans hostage and forcing them to pay for playoff football. It's insane. It's ridiculous is what it is. So all of the other NBC networks had the same QR code. Sure they did. Plus, they had a countdown. An hour and 30. You're saying the other NBC networks. Are you trying to say like... NBC, you know, the what, what's the news channel all, they all have? All of them besides what? MSNBC. Yeah. So CNBC, M- yeah. CNBC yeah. had it. Why? Why? You think those people watching CNBC, MSNBC, they're they're going to watch football? People on like E E had it. E, yeah. So I was Are watch- those people watching E? I was okay. watching Billy watching, Madison. I was going to say I, watching I B- Billy Madison or watching the Housewives of uh of Podunk, Iowa. Exactly. Yeah. Are gonna they want to watch football? And the whole Jeez, top it. right corner, had, stop it, had a yeah. countdown. Begging, ba- yeah, begging. It was horrible. Begging to buy Peacock, and then throwing this over your head as well too, saying that hey, this is this is history. All right, we're making streaming history today. Oh yeah, first time playoff game, not on broadcast TV, holding you hostage with that stupid QR code, and then cutting it off. Well, today, what's NBC and Peacock saying? They're boasting. They're bragging. They're Here's the quote. NBC and Peacock make history the most watched live streaming event of all time. The most live streaming event in history. 23 million viewers. Well, how about this little breaking news for those, those people over there? 23 million that's like a weak regular season game in the NFL. Heck, you probably have that for Thursday Night Football. Oh, when Thursday Night Football was on broadcast television. Well, the other, uh, the game the, the night before had 29 million. Yeah. So it's yeah, not much difference. Not much difference. Exactly. And yours at 23 million viewers. That's less than the average of a normal NFL football game. So stop adding insult to injury with this history, all right? And why don't you do this, NBC? Why don't you say, hey, thanks to all you schmucks for paying $5.95, all right? Thank all those guys. I want to know how many people canceled. How many people canceled? Are they going to remember to cancel after that? I saw a lot of messages. And how about this? Next to the QR code, would it say, hey, subscribe for a year? And you'll get 50% off our fine programming. What fine programming? Billy Madison? 
uh, reruns of uh, the the Olympic Games in twenty twenty. Me and you both are gonna both love Peacock. I'm not loving no Peacock. Why? When I, why? Why do I want? Because it's you got all the old wrestling on it. You got the old wrestling. The old okay. wrestling. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, tell me where I could find that on a regular basis. But I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm on you. demand. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you, thank you for all the schmucks that purchased that. All right, fans are irate last couple of days, as we know they would be, because they were forced to pay for a football game they should have been able to watch for free. Fans are ripping it on social media. And people did report, yes, that they had buffering problems. They said there is average of two to three buffering problems during the streaming game. Well, at least you didn't miss too much because the Chiefs destroyed the Atlanta, the Miami Dolphins like we knew they would in that game. So, But again, this is just the beginning. We're going to hear more of this. We're going to have the NFL just, you know, clamoring for more streaming getting more money from NBC and everybody else and the general public to pay to watch professional football. They also did 40% less commercials and a complete fourth quarter commercial free. So, I mean, I liked that. You like that? I like that. You still are not watching football during that time. And it's going to be impossible to click off and watch something else. So what do you, what do you watch? Do you see what you're watching instead of commercials? They were showing ads for Peacock stuff. But there I you mean, go. There you go. But I mean, so you still got ads. So that's still nonsense. got ads. But that's what these idiots are saying. Oh, at forty percent bull. It's not forty percent less commercials. Or why don't you just have a blank screen like we're like we're at the football game and just stare and look or get up and go to the bathroom or whatever? Okay, so we don't have to watch Lily seventeen more times, or I'll have to watch that goofball the the uh, the telephone co- uh, commercial because he doesn't know what to do with his bill, and they're saying just chill out, honey. We're gonna fix dinner. Okay, I'm tired of seeing that. How many times do I gotta watch the stupid lady on the airplane? All right, telling me, oh yes, you know. We got free movies with the purchase of headphones. I'm sick of it already. All right? Over and over and over and over. The same commercials over and over. And quit taking the old school songs, all right, and putting them in these commercials. Get your own jingle. And don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare play that freaking Burger King song. Because if I hear that, then I'm going to go upside down. That, that's it. Whopper, 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 that's whopper, whopper, Scratch. You know I had record to. Scratch. Multiple record scratch. Now. See, see? See, you screwed yourself up. You don't even know what you're doing here. Oh, All right. Speaking of fans irate, Utah State UNLV basketball game on Saturday. UNLV loses to incompetence to the officials. Two errant and horrendous calls. This goes down in one of the worst losses that this university ever had. It was terrible and it was inexcusable. And there was no need for it because of the incompetence. 31 seconds to go. UNLV's led wire to wire. Then a double-digit lead. And they're up by six. Pretty much this possession sealed it up for them. Ball goes out of bounds after a missed shot by Utah State. Ball goes out of bounds underneath the Utah State bucket. Officials, not sure what to call. They go Utah State ball. No, 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 no. 
UNLV players going, no, it's, it's clearly off Utah State. We all saw it. People that were there, yours truly, at the game, we saw it. CBS Sports, our good friend Pete Gillen, Carter Blackburn on the call. The terminology they used was clearly it is UNLV's basketball because the ball clearly went off Utah State player. After a five-minute review, a lengthy, ridiculous review, they refused to overturn the call. Don't know why. Have no idea. But people are thinking, well, you're still up by six. Just get a stop here. You'll be okay. Ball gets inbounded. Throw it to the corner. Three-pointer from the corner. It's good. Now, all of a sudden, lead's cut in half down to three. Uh-oh. Now, 27 seconds to go. They're in the foul game. They foul Dedon Thomas. UNLV guard makes one, misses one. The lead is now four. And then here we go. You got a layup. By Falstead, cuts it to two. Rodriguez gets fouled, makes both free throws. Lead goes back to four, and it's 86-82. Here comes Utah State, coming down with nine, eight seconds to go, launches a three, and hits it. A whistle blows away from the basketball. The bucket goes. You count the three-pointer. The official says, foul. On Keelan Boone, he was blocking out a Utah State player. Normal blockout. The Utah State player flops or falls down. I'm not sure. It was false left. The same guy that made the layup before. He goes down, and the official calls a two-shot foul. That's where he's wrong. It's not a two-shot foul. Anytime there is a made bucket on a possession, you can only have one free throw. Doesn't matter if it's two. Doesn't matter if it's a three. You heard the term and one. Now, the officials obviously were confused here. But those of us that know the game, coach's game, we know what the rule is that is one shot. And it does not matter if it's on the shot, the foul is of the person that shot it, or if it's away from the ball. Two shots should not have been awarded. It should have been one shot. It wasn't even a foul to begin with. But this is how UNLV got host. No one said nothing. No one contested it. No one protested it. They let the game go on. And even when you look at the official underneath the hoop, he's putting up one finger like, okay, one shot. So while they're saying two shots, I go, no, it's not. It's one shot. It's one shot. Everybody knows it's one shot. It's one shot. So he puts up one finger and says one shot. He make, The Utah State player makes the free throw to tie the game at 86 all. And then he goes, okay, now one more shot. Makes the free throw. It's 87-86. UNLV inbounds the ball. Dedon Thomas puts up a 15-footer. It rims out. And UNLV loses 87-86. It was devastating because UNLV never trailed until the final eight seconds of this game. The problem I have with this is, number one, if you have replay, you go back and you look at that inbounds pass. You clearly see that it was off of Utah State. You give UNLV the ball, and more likely this game is over. So you blow that. But then an official wants to go ahead and make another errant call that wasn't even a foul and award two free throws. For those of you that don't know the rule, it's pretty simple. And you go to the rule book and go look it up. If a foul takes place on a made shot during that transition, doesn't matter if it's a shooter or not, the maximum 
free throws awarded is one. The only time that two free throws can be awarded under that scenario is if it's a flagrant foul or if it's a technical foul. That's it. It's the only time two shots can be awarded or a dead ball foul. This was in the play. Now, apparently, somebody wanted an answer after the game. Later on, the official who blew the whistle said the reason why it was a two-shot foul, why he called it, because according to his interpretation, once the ball is released and it was in the air, then a common foul goes into two shots. And I say that is incorrect because when do you determine in this possession if it's going to be one shot or two? Swish! Thank you very much. Beautiful sound effect. After it goes through. And if it doesn't go through, well, then if it's off the ball, it's two free throws. If it's on the shooter, it's three. Right? But a made bucket, doesn't matter if it's two or three, you only get one free throw. It's maxed out. And this official said, well, because the ball was in the air, that is incorrect. That is still part of the play. All right? That all is still part of the play. After it goes through the hoop, okay, and now that is over. That play is over. Then if you have a foul, flagrant or technical, then you could have two shots. And guess what else you'd get? You get the ball too. So improper use of instant replay, improper use of the rules as well too. And UNLV, unfortunately, has a devastating loss. Terrible. Finally, I'm going to leave you on this one. This is sad. Chicago Bulls had their inaugural Ring of Honor ceremony on Friday night. They had it at halftime of the game between the Warriors and the Bulls. So that was pretty good timing. And obviously, they did this for a reason because who is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors? Steve Kerr. So they're going to honor him. So they're going to basically honor many of the players of those championship teams of the Bulls throughout the 90s. Except... The Bulls really messed this thing up. Not just the Bulls, but the fans and everybody was there. They inducted many players, including Jerry Krause, who was the former general manager of the Bulls, who was the architect of these Bulls teams. And when Jerry Krause's name was announced, he was booed. He was booed vehemently. He was booed. Bulls fans, shame on you for booing anyone during this situation. They ruined the moment not only for the Kraus family, but they ruined the moment for everyone else that was there. The architect of six Bulls championships. Here's the thing. If people did not know, Jerry Krause is dead. Jerry Krause passed away in 2017, and his wife Thelma was there to take his spot and to be honored. And the fans are booing his wife. You're booing a dead man. You're booing a dead man with his wife there. And you're booing an organization who he was a general manager of for orchestrating an architecture of six championships. Nobody should be booed on any Hall of Fame or honor ceremony. But leave it to Bulls fans, they did. Ron Harper was there, standing next to Thelma Krause, and he had to console her. 
Shame on the fans. Shame on the Bulls organization for not saying something more or whatever at this point in time. And you know who else shame on? Shame on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, who weren't there. He didn't show. They didn't show up. All right? Now, I understand the Bulls had six weeks to put this together. Probably wasn't really organized that well, so they get some of the blame of this as as well, too. But Thelma Krause did not come to that arena, fly in, make a weekend out of it, and celebrate with all these other former players who have mad love for her and her husband, Jerry, who deceased in 2017. Instead, when they showed Jerry Krause's name in his picture on the Jumbotron, the crowd is booing. It's insane for that to happen. Totally insane. And why is this? Where did all this start? It started with Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, they didn't like Jerry Krause, right? They, he was the butt of jokes. And all this got famously publicized in The Last Dance, the documentary, which we talked every week about in 2020 with the pandemic when Bill Cartwright was joining us and we would recap every episode. And the fans got to see how Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, especially Michael Jordan, belittled Jerry Krause, made fun of him, calling him crumbs, the general manager, a guy that was rotund, a little roly-poly, was kind of quirky. And those guys were making fun of him. Just like Michael Jordan was making fun of Scotty Williams and other and other players as well, too. Because that's what Michael Jordan did. So that's where it all starts from. The crowd, the Bulls fans, just leaped on and jumped on what Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen were doing. And they think that's funny. They think it's cute. It's just mean. A lot of people are speaking out now from people like Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, other coaches, other players. Stacey King addressed it on the Bulls broadcast afterwards saying that was inexcusable. Bulls fans, shame on you. Just atrocious. You have a ring honor ceremony, a ring of honor ceremony, and then you bring the widow of Jerry Krause to tears. Yeah. Shame on Bulls fans. We're going to have more on this as we bring in the seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. He's going to talk about that. Obviously, a man who knew Jerry Krause very well, knows Thelma Krause, knows many of the players that were there. There is former teammates. He has five of those, six of those rings. Five of six, Mr. Cartwright has. He'll join us. We'll talk to him as we continue more about this on a terrible Tuesday. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see it at Thunder Valley Casino. This is five-time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to T.C. Martin. You should, too. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing like a, a Cartwright Tuesday here. A terrible Tuesday. Especially with James Brown. Yeah! Let's get it on the good foot. Can't be a little JB. The big seven footer. What's going on, my friend? 
You fuck it. Hey, it's all about, uh, it's all about getting it done today. Well, at least you got some JB on. Yeah. Well, you know how we do it, man. I mean, we play all the hits here, you know? Come on, man. It's your only sports talk show that gives you all the hits all the time. There you go. Always putting well, in a little true. rhyme. Woo! Right on time. Give me a dime. <laughs> hey! 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 I'm drinking my hot tea right now, man. Yeah, it sounds like it's uh, something hot. Yeah. Something hot's going on, for sure. All right, man. Uh, we got to talk about uh, what transpired at the United Center there Friday night, the Bulls, Warriors, halftime, the Ring of Honor ceremony. I know you are well aware of this. You've got uh, thoughts. Uh, we talked about it a little bit here in a Terrible Tuesday segment. Uh, I, I'm very curious. Uh, give me your thoughts here, man. Well, the Ring of Honor ceremony itself, I thought, was very positive. That's something to bring players back to the uh, United Center, uh, back to Chicago, back to the fans. And so the idea of that was great. Um, even those, um, what was appropriate to Terrible Tuesday is that uh, uh, two of our best players of all time didn't bother to show up, and that's Michael uh, Jordan, Scotty Pippen, which is preach it, brother. Uh, whatever. But anyway, they didn't bother to show up. Uh, our coach, Phil Jackson, uh, he did show up, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, he, um, you know, he, he, he knew what that, what, what people wanted and um, what it meant. So, uh, but people of Chicago, he came back and unfortunately a lot of legendary guys were not unable to be there. Johnny Red Kerr, Jerry Sloan, both of who's passed away. And in reference to who you're talking about, uh, the GM of the Bulls, Jerry Krause, who's passed away, when he was introduced, was booed by the fans, which there are no words to describe that reaction, and there are no words to the how horrified she was uh, to listen to those boos and be startled and start crying. If you can imagine uh, on this occasion where there should be a celebration where um, one of the notably best teams in basketball history uh, is booing somebody who's the architect and responsible for them winning championships. So uh, that was an embarrassing moment for the organization. The fans who boot should be, um, there are no words to happen to them. They should just be exited from the building, embarrassed. Um, so it was, uh, it was a night of great intention, uh, that ended horribly. And I just felt really bad for Thelma, um, because I, I do know her, I know her personally. I visited her and Jerry in their house. Uh, I love Jerry. As you know, Jerry's had so much to uh, do with my uh, career as far as training me, training for me in the Oakley trade to get me over to Chicago. Um, when I and my throat 
damaged. I had my larynx fractured and my right vocal cord paralyzed. He took it upon himself to find to find the best doctor in the country, Dr. Robert Sadoloff, who's in Philly, to perform operations on my throat. And then this guy basically gives me a second career. He talks me into coaching that I had never have done. I've never done without him. So, let alone he hired me as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, the first black head coach in Chicago Bulls history. So this guy... I owe a lot to him, and I just had a lot of respect for him, and I was just horrified uh, to hear about what happened, and just just very sad for 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 Thelma and, and the Cross family, and um, and this um, very well played, terrible testing fits in perfectly. Yeah, here's the thing, Bill, and. You know this better than anybody. Uh, you were around Jerry Krause. You saw how he was treated by some of those players, your teammates. You mentioned two who were not there. And we saw this publicized in The Last Dance, in the documentary. And fans would have no idea what Jerry Krause was all about. Because fans, for the most part, those fans that, that that come to Bulls game season ticket holders, they don't know Jerry Krause personally. They don't know his wife. They don't know his family. They don't, they don't know anything about him. But when you hear or see Michael Jordan making fun of this guy or Michael Jordan making comments or Scottie Pippen making comments and thinking, oh, this guy is you know tearing down the team and he's, you know, uh, Michael is is questioning some of the trades and all this other stuff. Fans just jumped on Jordan's bandwagon here, and I blame him. I blame him big time because number one, that, that that's not your role, that's not your spot, and you don't go public with it. You know, if, if that's the way you you choose to, you know, have your thoughts, you keep that behind closed doors. You keep that in Jerry Reinsdorf's, uh, you know, office, or along with with Jerry Krause. And you don't play it out in the media, whether it's television, newspaper, radio, and then show that type of thing in a documentary. I mean, making fun of the man publicly, calling him crumbs. And, and, oh, yeah, he's the one to blame that that broke up the Bulls. Hey, you know, maybe we could have had, you know, seven, eight, nine titles if it wasn't for Jerry Krause. And that's the farthest thing from the truth, and you know that better than anybody. But I blame Jordan for that and fans just running on what his words were, and that's why you got the ridiculous, stupid behavior. Because that doesn't happen in every city. It doesn't happen, you know. A lot of times fans will, you know, uh, stay in ovations for general managers, presidents, or even owners, even if you disagree or whatever. But then, you know, this situation, it, it, it's it, it's uncalled for, you know, like you said. But I, wouldn't you agree with this is why the fans are booing because that's where they got their information from? Well, I think in part, but um, common sense should prevail. And and, and you know me, to where you you think that people should know better. People know the appropriate behavior. Uh, It's one thing the guys passed. Let's show some respect for that. Let's show some respect for his wife. Um, just basic common courtesy. So I can't blame 
MJ for that, that people are too bright. Um, does he have his hand in, you know, part of maybe that, what went on, maybe? But uh, that's just people. They're just not very bright. And, and look, we deal, I'm a sports fan, as you know. I'm a big fan of sports. I'm more of a fan than I am a critic. And I think that sports now has changed to where people used to be fanatics and they were, they were talking about, they would love their team. Now it's more of, let's, let's just criticize this guy. Let's, let's not appreciate what he does well. Let's appreciate, let's look at what he doesn't do well. And no, let's second guess the GM and owner. And it's, you know, the hardest thing about being a fan and is just sticking with them. Sticking with your team. As you know, just, it's like me sticking with my RUSF Dons. I'm going to stick with them. Hell or I water. Those days may be done. Where people stick with teams because they're your teams. So, um, I'm not sure about that, but, but I do know, and you know, common courtesy. You know what's the right thing to do. You know not to misbehave. That seems to be what you're supposed to be doing nowadays. Uh, so, uh, but that, uh, what I saw and what uh, everybody saw was, 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 was horrendous. So, um, and it's, it should be beneath the Chicago Bulls fans because they are great fans. They are, they did support our team amazingly well. Um, I don't think that does reflect the, the real fans of Chicago. But in that particular instance, unfortunately, it did. Yep. No, you're right. And you're right. Everything you said regarding the stupidity of fans, the ignorance of fans, and the immaturity of fans. Because you, at some point, you would hope they would just have common sense and respect. I mean, that's the thing. They all know Jerry Krause has been passed for six-plus years. They know that. And this is a honorary ceremony. So, yeah, common sense should come into play. But you're right. For some reason, it doesn't. It doesn't, and there's no excuse for that. So, no, the ultimate blame, you're right, is for is on those fans that did that. Maybe not everybody booed in there, okay, but there was a good amount that, that booed and others just jumped on. But, I mean, that's just – it's classless, plain and, and, and simple. So, all right, uh, you, you stick with your teams, you said. Uh, are you still sticking with your Dallas Cowboys after uh, this weekend? Those Cowboys just uh, <laughs> played terrible. Just played absolutely terrible. But yeah, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys for for who they are. They uh, okay. What do you want them like to do? Just, what do you want them to like, do with the coach situation and the quarterback situation? You happy with that? Time for a change. What do you want to do? Uh, well, well, for one thing, I'm not going to say change coaches. Uh, we're definitely not going to chase quarterbacks because we've got one of the best quarterbacks in football, and those guys don't walk out every day. So <laughs> I think I think they'll do a reevaluation. You know, the coach is probably going to exit, 
And, and this is the reason they're going to exit. They're going to exit because the Cowboys, one reason I like them, uh, and one reason why these clowns in the morning criticize the Cowboys is that the Cowboys are looking to win a championship every year. And that's the standard that every organization should strive for. Every organization does strive for it, uh, that the Cowboys should be appreciated because they strive for excellence, and it's every single year. So um, they'll make the right decision, and I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, their intent's going to be really good, and that's to win a championship. Now, I would be curious to hear, um, you know, nobody's going to talk about the Jets or the uh, the Giants in New York or uh, because they're, they're they're just happy to have a winning season. Uh, the Cowboys are trying to win a championship every year. Yeah, I'm sticking with them. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and debate you about you think you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that's yeah, we that, do. No, he's 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 not real good. He's, a, just, he's just just get over it. And try not to hate. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to hate. I got to tell it like it is. Sure you are. I mean, no, sure you are. The guy's no good. He's not good. He's not good. He's he's a he's a average quarterback, and average quarterbacks no, do not win. Do not do not win playoff games. This and that and no, that's and you no, know I know Mike McCarthy correct. better than anybody, and he's not the guy to get it done either. So didn't didn't Mike McCarthy win a championship? Uh, he was he was a coach of a team that won a championship. Yeah, yeah. We'll, well give there him credit. you go. We'll give him credit. Well, there there yeah. there there you go. So that's incorrect as well. How, how so, many times did he underachieve just, as well too? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that he won a championship. Yeah, he got so, one. Got one under his belt. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, the Cowboys aren't far away. And look, and look, the Cowboys are an easy target. You know, no, nobody's going to talk. Nobody wants to talk about Philly. Bill, you lost a first-round game. You got drilled. No, no, I'm, and they no, were undefeated with a number one offense. I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that. Why are we hearing about Philly? Oh, I, I just, Why is that? oh, I blasted Philly earlier. Philly, number one most disappointed team in this in this season, and Dallas, number two. Goodbye. I mean, you know, two teams that really underperformed, underachieved, especially at the most important moments uh, of the year. So that's all I'm saying. You don't. You could be a fan of the Cowboys, but you don't need to defend them. I mean, you know, you should. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of defending them because they're, they're, they're going to be right back next year. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'm a fan. I just told you that yeah. about eight times. What team are you a fan of? I, I'm, and who, who, who do you pull for besides the spread? Nobody. Give That's me a it. team. I, I used to be a, a Green Bay Packers fan when I was a kid, but I outgrew it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know I outgrew so it. You, so you have no team. You, the, you know what? You don't you have, have no a team. team. Listen, you played in the NBA. You don't have a favorite team, okay? I'm in the media. I'm supposed to be partial. Uh, impartial. Partial? Impartial. You're impartial. No, not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm in the media. I'm, I'm no, I'm no oh fan. Oh, my God. Yeah? That's sad. That's, that's the truth. That's sad. That's, that, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. In, this, in no. this line of business, that's what we're supposed to do. You can be a fan, but don't get mad if I'm not a fan. But right now, you know what? We're a fan of the break because we got to go. So it's time for some night train. So go ahead and play DJ. Go. Let's hear it. Find a fan.
As um, that should be your next song. JP should want to stop. You see, find find the team. Be a fan. <laughs> find the team, TC. That's JV and BC. Oh my goodness gracious. We'll catch you on the flip side.